and welcome to the Sports Loft podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Jake and Dean from Bet Profit, who are going to tell us a little bit more about what they've been up to in recent months and explain how, how Bet Profit has been handling the latest situation with the coronavirus. Jake and Dean, welcome. Sure. So at a high level, we're a secondary marketplace for sports bets where users can buy and sell percentages bets. So the idea is that, that sports bets are rapidly fluctuating in value practically every second. But right now, the user only has one option, and that's to click the cash out button on their sports book. So we give them the opportunity to sell their bet to another user. And what we do is we price it for them. That way, the buyer of the bet, they get a better price than the sports book is offering in terms of odds. And then on the flip side, the seller is uh, getting a lot more money back from their bet as opposed to accepting the cash out rate. Um, you can hear we are Americans. Uh, so we moved over to London about a year ago to start this market is the biggest in the world. Regulatory landscape was a lot easier to navigate than the US. Um, so here we are. Perfect. And, and, and how have things been going sort of pre-January, February of this year? <laughs> They're going well. <laughs> it's hard to think about that right now, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. No, no our, our volume and our user growth, I mean, we were tripling in size every month. That being said, it's not entirely difficult to triple in size when you launch in October, but we were doing well. Uh, and then obviously March came and all of a sudden people were betting on Nicaraguan soccer and Belarusian soccer. So it was a different world. Um, has esports and virtual sports started to crop into the betting market yet? Or is, or is that too, too early to say? It, it's cropped into the betting market for sure. Uh, for us, uh, our data provider doesn't allow us access or they don't have access to esports or virtual sports right now. Right. Um, so it would have been a heavy lift for us to put in another data provider to get that up and running during this time. Um, I definitely understand the companies that have already had access to that type of data and be able to immediately push that out uh, to their offering. I'm sure they've seen great success. Just in our case, it, it, it wasn't doable. But across the board, for sure, we've seen an uptick. Obviously, when live sport does come back and we're starting to see a couple of green shoots, as we say, uh, as the market starts to come back in. Um, how, has, how has this situation kind of altered your targets or your commercial plans for 2020? Is it that you've sort of basically had to realign everything or, or are you continuing as, as per the previous plan? Yeah, we definitely shifted gears a little bit. We're working on our app and our API build a lot more heavily now, um, as opposed to just iterating our product weekly. You know, it, it didn't make sense to continue product iterations when our user base dropped off, you know, 70, 80%. It's just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Um, so 2020, we definitely realigned our goals. Um, and also, now that we have the downtime, we're looking a lot to expanding into the U.S. and you know, going back and seeing how we can navigate that now that we do have the traction um, and the proof of concept to show people that we are credible. I mean, it's certainly a crowded marketplace, and I, and I guess it's one of those ones where you, you always have to move forward, always have to be developing the product, developing the, the user face um, to all, enable you to kind of stand out. Do you think that that focus that you're having right now on the development of the app and the platform and, and, and how it all works is, is absolutely crucial and, and, and what you would need to do sort of ongoing anyway? We knew when we were entering the UK market, it had been one that had been stagnant for a little while. Um, we've seen BetBull and companies like those kind of creep into the landscape and see success, but that's really it when you look that far. Um, so keeping up with everyone and, and what they're doing, because these guys have been 
there's a reason their user interfaces look the way they do and their practices are the way they are because they figured out what works and what doesn't. So it's a fine line of being able to keep up with them and compete with them on those bases while also differentiating yourself enough to drive focus. Um, so that fun balance has been what we've been experiencing since we got there. Uh, it's obviously a lot tougher in a market like the UK where it's completely saturated already. So we're having to pull people away from Betfair and Bet365 rather than necessarily engage new bettors like would be the opportunity in the US. It kind of guess depends how and, and where you're looking at it. Sure. And, and, it, and obviously when, when live sport returns and, and we get bad into that world, do you expect there to be a big surge? Because I, I sort of hear two viewpoints when live sport returns. The first viewpoint is that everybody's missed it so much, but it's going to hit peaks that it hasn't seen for the last sort of couple of years in the, in the kind of short-term immediate hit when it comes back. Or do you think it will be a bit more, um, it's kind of gone away and been a bit forgotten and, and people have to ease their way back into it? Do you think it will, you'll see that upfront surge or will it take longer? Yeah, I, I think there will be a huge upfront surge. Also, it depends when sport comes back, right, and how it aligns with us being in a socially distanced world. So if we can't leave our houses and sport is on, I mean, my goodness, it's going to be through the charts. What else do people have to entertain themselves? Build a puzzle, watch a TV show, or bet on sports? Yeah, I would bet on sports every time. Um, but I think as time goes on and as we start to acclimate to this world a little more, then I think there might be a bit of a downward trend if fans can't be in the stands. I think that will be a pretty big factor. Yeah, yeah and, and just from, from, a, from a better's perspective, I woke up this morning and I was like, there's UFC on tonight. So from my mindset, I have, I have pent up levels of frustration um, from not being able to bet and I'm excited about it. I'm genu genuinely excited to see the matches tonight and whatnot. Um, and I think that translates to a lot of the punters' mindset. Obviously, there's some that have been maybe a little bit disinterested, and from what you've spoken about, you've seen that from the other end. But I agree with you and D mostly, largely an uptick, and then probably, a, or hopefully, a leveling off at some point. Obviously, putting the sort of betting and the sports bit aside and the nature of your business, you know, you are essentially a startup. How is that, how tricky is that to manage when you don't have the kind of infrastructure and backup plans that bigger companies might have at this stage of your obviously existence when something like this hits you know what's it like managing a startup when you have a global pandemic yeah difficult um <laughs> no in, in all seriousness it's i think in a weird way we had a luxury of being so small because we were able to be nimble unlike our competitors so you know the next day Jake, Andrew, and I, Andrew's our CTO, we sat down and we mapped out a plan for what the next few months were going to look like, you know, what we should focus our current resources on, how much runway we have left, and then how to extend that runway twofold is what we did. So in an odd way, it was, it was nice to be this small. Our competitors, on the other hand, you know, they had to make some, some serious decisions. They had to close up shops. They had to fire, you know, bulks of their staff. I mean, that, I think that is a lot harder to deal with. Also, they're clawing back. I guess it's all a market share game at this point for them, right? And they're, they're competing in a market share game with Nicaraguan soccer and, and you know, at-home darts. So that's, I mean, that's even tougher. Hmm. So in a weird way, it was, it was okay for us. Uh, obviously, we couldn't keep iterating our product like we wanted to, so we had to shift gears. But all in all, I think it was a net positive compared to the rest of the industry. Yeah, I'd, I'd take our position over a big player's any day with this. 
we're able to turn around and quickly make a decision together with our team, which is the two of us and our CTO in a matter of hours rather than weeks. Um, so low overhead, easily agile. These are things that are mostly buzzwords when you think of the startup industry, but actually applied here. One final question for you guys on a personal basis. Obviously, you mentioned before we jumped on the call about, you know, you're sat in Miami. How is it over there? Is it, is it a strange environment or having all this blue sky and beautifulness around you? Yeah, it's very strange <laughs> being in sunshine every day. Forgot what it's like. <laughs> Not complaining though. No, no. Yeah, no. we're it's 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 good over here. Uh goods relative, of course. Um <laughs> things are starting to open back up. Uh we'll see. I mean, who the hell knows? But you're I'm interested to see what happens or when we look back on this interview in six, twelve months. Uh, just kind of just from a time lapse perspective and how everything's shaking out, but relatively okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are staying positive and that things are still proceeding. And, and obviously, we look forward to hearing from you again over co coming months and see how you are progressing uh, with obviously the bet profit plans over 2020 and, and beyond. So uh, keep going. Good luck with it, guys. And nice to speak to you. Thanks, Drew. You as well. Thanks.